welcome to The Howler. Your look at the state of Wolfpack athletics. Now here are your hosts, Ethan Berry and Thomas Overton. Welcome back. Another week, another edition of The Howler. Ethan Berry, Thomas Overton. Alongside you once again, Thomas. How's it going? Uh, it's pretty great to be back. You know, it's a long break, Christmas break, being away from, you know, the environment you've been around for what four months in a row and then you try to change it up and it's it's good to be back so yeah yeah i will agree it is good to be back um <clears throat> where should we start we got a lot to talk about yeah we do we missed a lot uh since our last episode obviously the bowl game and basketball season in full swing so i mean i knew we would miss a lot i just didn't realize how much it would be but uh we'll go ahead and start with um the bowl game against texas a&m and I don't know. I don't have much to say about this one. Um, I, I thought it was pretty, pretty clear. Texas A&M was just a lot better. Yeah. And uh, looking back in hindsight, I didn't think Texas A&M would blow NC State out. But one thing I realized, and the same thing with the Clemson, the Clemson game. I think this is the lesson I learned this year was when a team is much more talented than you are there's always the possibility of getting blown out. Yeah, I thought Texas A&M just also being on top of being better played, just played a lot better. State obviously didn't play oh, for sure. the way State's played all season. I mean, especially on the defensive end, 400 rushing yards for the Aggies as a team. I mean, it's going to be really hard to win any game when you give up 400 rushing yards. Right. Yeah, State's, State's rushing defense was really bad. And I thought the – not having Jermaine Pratt didn't really hurt State against Chapel Hill, I thought. Right. But then against Texas A&M, you could tell. <laughs> right. You could tell he wasn't there. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, and I don't want to turn this into a recruiting discussion, but, you know, I could talk about recruiting all day. But people like to say recruiting doesn't matter, and it's not true. Recruiting matters. That's right. Like, go look at the top of the recruiting standings or rankings every single year and it's the same teams that are in the top five the top 10 and it matters and texas a&m is a lot better recruiting than nc state is nc state's picked it up the last two years but most of those guys just signed in december so they're not even here and then state only had a couple freshmen from last year so from last year's class on the field so Texas A&M had, I want to say, like four straight years of top 15 classes. Right. And State had like two classes in the 50s and now two barely in the top 25. So State's been done great the last two years. But Texas A&M was so much better than them. Yeah, it obviously takes time, you know. You can't, I mean, when kids are committing, you know, as sophomores and juniors, well, it's going to take three or four years till they actually play. And then who knows how many till they start. And so the longer you can lay that foundation, you know, it takes time to build it up where you're actually getting those those top recruits into the into the ball game to play. So we yeah. saw that. And I mean Texas A and M their players were just better. Right. Like that's just how it was. And you know, when two of your best players, Jermaine Pratt and Kellen Harmon, sit out, that's you know, Ryan Finley doesn't play well. Well, you know, that's how it goes sometimes. Um but yeah, for me it was pretty simple. From the first uh, what was it, the second play of the game? They had the long touchdown. Right. Um, and at that point, I was just kind of like, uh-oh. Right. You know? And then it, it was weird. Like, the next 15 minutes, State dominated. That's right, yeah. and uh, Up 13-7. to seven, Yeah. And then let Texas A&M score there a few before halftime, which was fine because you find yourself only down eight. 
going into halftime with the um, – And you get the ball. Yeah, with Christopher Dunn's long field goal. Um, and then you get the ball, and you're still down eight, only eight in the third quarter. You're like, wow, they lost by 39 or only down one possession. And Finley throws a pick six. And then you're like, okay, you're only down, what was it, 15. That's only two possessions, and then it just really got away from downhill I, fast. I thought the I thought the pick six yeah. was really the the final blow. After that, it was just that all. was two consecutive drives where you've moved the ball into the opponent's territory and threw an interception, being yeah. only down eight. That really kills you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm right there with you. You know, th- if those if those drives end differently, you know, the score is probably different. But I don't think I think State still is not winning that game. Yeah, the way Texas A&M ball control in the second half, I mean, obviously State didn't score, and Texas A&M scored a lot. So. And you got to tip your hat. Texas A&M played really well. Yeah, they played excellent. Great football team. Um, Jimbo had them coached up real well. So. I know I questioned headed into the game. I, I questioned how interested they'd be. Well, I, I was wrong for yeah. that. They were, they were definitely interested and motivated, and, uh, you know, credit to them for that. So, you know, at this point you just move on. Um. It was a tough matchup, and that's the thing I go back to. Like, people are going to talk about Syracuse having a better year than NC State. Well, you know, Syracuse got to play NC State right after NC State had played Clemson. Right. And w- what was the stat? Teams were like 0-8 after playing Clemson this year. And Syracuse got to play West Virginia in the bowl game without real Greer. So they end up with 10 wins. State ends up with 9. But if that's if that's reversed, State plays West Virginia – uh, without Will Greer in the bowl game and State plays Syracuse after Syracuse plays Clemson well, you know, right. State's probably the 10-win team. So um, I, I thought it was a good year for State. Right. Um, it's disappointing that they didn't get 10 wins. I yeah. know we talked about that throughout the year. Um, I'll be honest. I thought for sure State would get 10 wins. Yeah, when we were sitting, what, where were we sitting? I forgot. Five, Either I think it was 5-0 five five and and or 5-1. and one. With yeah. all those um, conference games that seem manageable, and we said after Clemson, we said one one more loss would be reasonable, acceptable, almost like that's what you expect. And then right. two losses with some of those teams after the way you played the first five games, that was not uh, respectable, and they ended up losing that game to Wake Forest. And I think that was really decision maker. You know, you win that game, I still believe you're either in the Peach Bowl or the Fiesta Bowl. Yep. Which maybe you win, maybe you don't, depending on who you draw. I don't know. You still got there at least with. Um, 10 wins in the New Year's Six Bowl. But, yeah, that loss to Wake Forest really hurt. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's tough. We can talk about this more next week when we don't have as much to talk about. But I guess it's a success, but at the same time it's just like, eh. Yeah, I mean, if you had said last January after state season and you saw all the seniors leave and get drafted, oh, they're going to win. They're going to go 9-4 and four again. I think most people have been like, you outside your mind. But, yeah. They did it. Um, that just shows the resilience, and I think they played a lot better than some people expected. But in the first half season, they were playing. I thought they were playing really, really well, and we, we almost expected too much. Not like they couldn't do it, but you know, for them to win. I mean, I, th- 10, I still 11, feel like they should. Twelve games, right? But I don't know. I mean, I think you win the Wake Forest game. That changes completely. Right. You know. Maybe you get matched up with LSU in the Fiesta Bowl, and you still get smoked. But what if you get matched up with UCF without right. their quarterback? You know, so it's just it's the way it turned out. It happens. Nine and four is fine. That's right. And, and I keep saying this: if you're if you're NC State and you've reached the point, State's only won nine games in back-to-back years, like two or three times. So here we are sitting at nine and four, and and we're talking about being disappointed. 
Well, that's a great sign in and of itself. Right. So it's, it shows that the players, the coaching staff, and the program as a whole, like they want more. Um, they're willing to do what it takes to get to that next level, and I think they're definitely heading in the right direction. Yeah. Um, and and w a couple other things I wanted to point out, just to put a wrap on on the bowl game and the football season, at least for this week. Two things stood out to me. If you go look at a class breakdown for NC State, the junior next year's senior class is not good. It's really, really bad. And that hurts you. You can't – like, when you're already recruiting below teams like Clemson, Florida State, or Texas A&M, who you matched up with, it's hard enough already. But then you have a junior class right now – well, next year's senior class – and you have a handful of contributors, and that's it. Nobody that's really great. You got James Smith-Williams and Nick McLeod. Um, you got Laurel Murchison, who's a Juco. Deontay Holden, who got a sixth year. And that's kind of it. Right. And it's just hard. Like, when you just have that gaping hole on your roster of upperclassmen, you got Jarius Moorhead, too, who's been a good two-year starter. You have a gaping hole of upperclassmen. It's hard enough because they've got better players as is. Right. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you've just got a completely non-existent upper uh, senior class. Yeah. It I mean, obviously, experience. Um, the more experience you have, I think, the better you play. And so, for a young state team going forward, well, how are they going to play next year with only a few seniors contributing? But then also on the other side, well, then you might have the same guys maybe getting to play for at least two or three years altogether. So that that's, that's the, another way to look at it. That's, you know the positive, that's the positive way. I'm just talking about right. for this year specifically. Like this year they were the juniors, and they like it's hard to win when you're not getting much from your juniors. Right. Like James Smith Williams is a good player. He had a really nice year. Nick McLeod had a nice year. Jarius Moorhead had a nice year. But, I mean, other than that, Laurel Murchison, other than that, I mean, it's just like, it's just empty. Yeah, and so it's it's tough to win games like that, and it's tough to go to Clemson and be like, well, let's go win with some seniors and some freshmen, right? There's some sophomores. Yep. Um, so that was one thing that stood out to me, and like I said, the recruiting classes of 2016 and 17 were not good, and on top of that, there was a lot of attrition, and that hurts state in games like this, and and throughout the year, really, like state probably looks a lot better if you've got a much better junior class against Syracuse or Wake Forest. You probably win the game. Right. Um, but anyway, that that's it's a moot point. It'll hurt State next year, but like you said, next year's probably a rebuilding year anyway, so you're more reps for the young guys. Um, and then they, they'll, that'll help them get more experienced. Uh, and then the other thing I was going to point out is I felt like Ryan Finley wasn't a guy. Like State, we've talked about how they don't have as much talent as some other teams. Ryan Finley has not proven that he can cover up a team's weakness. Right. I guess, like, you State can beat Clemson if you have the quarterback advantage and your quarterback is able to bail you out. Right. Right? And I just felt like Ryan Finley never did that. Yeah, I mean, he's a great ball player and um, played really well at State. But, like, I agree with what you said. Like, he didn't, he didn't excel at – beating other teams, you know. Right. He excelled at doing his role and distributing the football. Um, but I think for State to be extremely successful, he had to be the best player on the field uh, for either team, and he wasn't this season. Yeah. Uh, the comparison I make, Russell Wilson had a team that went 9-4, and four, 
right. and got to the cusp of the ACC championship game. If you take the quarterbacks off of that roster, off of the rosters, you take Ryan Finley and Russell Wilson away, State this year's state team, or last year really, is so much better than I think it was 09. I think it was, uh, I think it was 10. But okay, 2010. The rosters are so much better. Right. But Russell Wilson was able to bail his team out and win games that they shouldn't have won. Yeah. Like Florida State, the 28-24 upset. Yeah. And um, I'm sure there were other games that I can't remember off the top of my head. Ryan Finley just didn't do that. If he does that, State's looking at an 11-win year. Yeah. So um, we'll see if the next quarterback can do that. Um, any final thoughts on football? I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about it throughout the rest of the semester. Oh, yeah, we're going to have a lot with um – Especially, the, I think the quarterback debate, and then um, the recruiting class, and then obviously the draft. Yeah. We'll look at that. So, yeah, yeah, that'll do it for this week then for football. For football, yeah. And uh, we'll go ahead and move on to basketball. Uh, State lost ninety to eighty-two to UNC Chapel Hill last night. Um, I guess we can go ahead and talk about the Miami game first, where State won eighty-seven, eighty-two. Right. I was on a plane back from California during that game, so I didn't really get to watch much of it. Um. But it was a gutsy win Yeah. from what I could gather and, and from what I could see. State had a lot going against it. And um, to be able to win a game like that on the road. And Miami is not a great team, but, th I mean, I don't know that they're a tournament team. Maybe they're on the bubble, probably on the outside looking in. But still, if you can beat a team on the outside of the bubble, you know, let me put it this way. A win for Miami over NC State is the type of win that would have put them in the tournament. Right. So, to and and Miami knows that. Yeah. So for State to be able to win a game like that on the road, um, when you didn't have your A game, I thought that was really impressive. Yeah, State down almost as many. I think it was almost as many as ten in the second half. Uh, I thought the fouls were lopsided. I missed the first half. They so, were. But uh, the uh, the final sorry final foul count doesn't look that bad. But you have to. It was twenty three for State and only. 14 for Miami, but you have to consider they started fouling intentionally so that State would shoot foul shots. So it's more like – I think it's more like 23 to 11 and 12, which is not good. Anytime it's more than uh, okay. half. Okay, 23 to 14 is still pretty bad yeah, in my but mind. Yeah, but I was saying it gets even worse. So. Uh, yeah, I agree But such a, a gutsy win from State. I mean, I don't remember any State team that was going to be down in the second half by 10 with nothing going for them at all and still just, just claw themselves out and, to win the game. So it was, yeah. it was a good win. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you, and so many people said it. Like, that's just not a game that other state teams win. Yeah. And that's why it was so impressive. <clears throat> so last night, state <coughs> – excuse me. That was nice. Thank you. Um, last night, state lost to UNC Chapel Hill, as I mentioned. Um, I don't know where to start with this. One. What were your initial thoughts? I mean, initially, you can't – you cannot expect to play any ranked team, um, let them score the first 12 points and, like, have a good chance to win. Now, State somehow had a chance to win the game, I thought, or at least tie, you know. It was closer than eight points um, if you watch the game. But if you let UNC score 12 points to start the game, that's a big hole to climb out of. And they almost climbed out of it somehow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, that's just something they have to work on. Obviously, there was a lid on State's basket for the first three minutes or whatever it was. Uh-huh. I thought there were some decent quality shots that just didn't fall, which sometimes happens. But you still have to – you got to play better defense when shots aren't falling in your direction. <clears throat> yeah, early in the game, I did feel like there was a lid on the basket. Right. And, they, they like, shots would bounce all around the rim and yeah. fall out or, 
roll all the way around and fall out. It was go crazy. Halfway down. Especially at the very beginning of the game. I mean, they were like right underneath the basket. And the ball just wouldn't go in. And and then by that point, it was 19-5. to five. Yeah. And I'm, I'm with you. State did a great job battling back. But right when it got to 19-5, to five, I was like. That's a long way to go. Yeah, man. State's going to get back in this game, but can they get over the hump? And it was one of those classic games where one team falls behind early. And right. they keep coming back. And they keep coming back. And they keep coming back. But it takes so much energy to get back in the game that you just can't get over the hump. Yeah. You can't you can't take the lead or you can't build a lead. State was never able to take the lead. But and and I thought at the end of the game, around the seven, eight minute mark, State's guys just looked exhausted. Yes. And I mean, uh I don't think it helped Thunderberg sat on the bench obviously with foul trouble and then um I think he I guess he hurt his ankle, but he ended up yeah. coming back in. He was playing really well up to that point. And I think Wyatt Walker played. I thought he played well. Um, missed a few layups he should have made, but other than that. Um, but I don't think Wyatt Walker is going to give you the minutes that Thunderbird can in the up-and-down game that State likes to play. Right. I like Wyatt for five, six minutes uh, tops at a time. I think Thunderbird's able to play nine, ten. So when you lose one of your centers, obviously, it, it's harder on the other one who's got to play the whole time. You know what I'm saying? Well, they both dealt with foul trouble. Right. And that was the – I don't want to turn this into a referee discussion. I thought they were bad both ways last night. Oh, they were awful. I thought they were awful both ways. Right yeah. there, the I thought they were fairly decent or almost good for the first 15 minutes of the first half. You know, and those last yeah. five minutes, it was awful both ways. And uh, the game injuries, was out of control. Absolutely out of control. And that's what you can't have that in a rivalry game where bodies are flying, and then the fans get into it and. It was just not good. One thing I noticed was Roy Williams and Kevin Keats were both arguing with the officials almost the whole night. Right. And I don't know about Roy, but I know Keats doesn't argue with the refs that much. No. And, you know, like, he's not arguing unless he feels like he has a uh, a legitimate case. And I had never seen him. I've never seen him argue with the ref that much. And no, not just, that much. And, But anyway, point, the fouls were even. Right. Absolutely. The refs were bad. But here's my point. State, at one point early in the second half, Markell, Wyatt Walker, Funderburk, and Devin Daniels each had three fouls. This was within five first five minutes of the second half. Right. And the only player with three fouls on Chapel Hill's team was uh, Rachon Black, their backup point guard. Leaky, I think they call him. Yeah. That was the only guy. They did not deal with foul trouble the whole night. State was dealing with foul trouble most yeah, Markel rode the bench the first half. Right, most of the some of the well, not most of the first half, some of the first half and the entire second half. Yeah, and that's just a big difference. You're trying to come back. You're having to deal with foul trouble. The other team's not. I, I you know, that's not the reason State lost no. the game, but it it hurt. Yeah, and especially when you're trying to dig yourself out of a 14 point hole right out of the gate, it was just I, it was just too much for State to overcome and. Um, yeah, I'll put it. I think state they didn't do one thing poorly enough to lose the game, if you like, mm-hmm. and that, but they didn't do one thing super super well to I, I pull would, them out of that hole. You know what I'm saying? I would disagree. I thought okay. the rebounding was 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 that bad. It was negative eighteen differential. I think I knew it was going to be bad. See, but state had rebounded but well all year. I didn't think. Yeah, I know. don't know. And I did feel like there were a couple rebounds that were just kind of loose balls, and yeah. they would. It would hit somebody's arm, and then it would bounce right. I felt like a lot of the loose balls went to Chapel Hill last night, and that's not something you see 
often with a Kevin Keats team. But right. sometimes that's just the way the ball bounces. That doesn't mean State hustled any less than normal. But um, I saw a, I saw a stat today that this was State's worst defensive efficiency game of the year and third worst offensively. I'm going to – Yeah, you can look at that while – I mean – Carolina did not shoot the ball as well as I was expecting to, just watching them play in PNC for like the last, I guess, 15 years I've been watching almost. I feel like, I don't know if it's because I'm biased, but they shoot the ball relatively well, Marcus Page and Luke May specifically at PNC, and they didn't outshoot State in my mind. You know, we can talk about the three-pointers, but as a whole, you know, they're only 45% from the field. I mean, State was right there at like 43. And so that didn't win them the game. Um where was I going with that? I f- completely forgot. So, <laughs> we'll talk yeah. about the shooting percentages in a second. But I just I think oh I, I I think State did a good job of focusing on double teaming in the post, which was the problem last year. But what happened was someone was left wi- obviously someone's left wide open when you double right. team a player with the ball, and so that kind of hurt them. Um, but you'd rather give up three point jump shots than layups, and so you kind of have to do it. You're you don't really have an option at that point when you can be giving up layups. You definitely don't want to be doing that. So right. just some things to work on with uh, help defense and rotation. Right. Here's here's the stat I was looking at, and then we'll talk about shooting percentages. State's worst offensive game of the year and third worst defensive game, according to the efficiency stats. So, I mean, if you look at it that way, State lost by eight in a game that was closer than that. It was only eight because of the fouls at the end. Right. Um, and that was against the top – what were they, number 12? They were 12. So uh, the 12th ranked team, you were able to play. You put those two together, that's your worst game of the year. Right. So you are able to play your worst game of the year, and you nearly beat, you know, a borderline top 10 team. So that's good news. <laughs> yeah, I, right? thought, I thought State played well enough to win, obviously, but I didn't think they played well at all for what State's been playing right. the rest of the year. So you kind of got that going for you. Um, we can go to shooting percentages. I mean – Obviously, oh yeah, I just want to point that out. Yeah, I looked at it last night. Chapel Hill shot 15% better from three and right. 15% better from the line. Yeah, that's just so 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 difficult to overcome. Yeah, I don't I don't like the stat on um, free throws anyway. If you miss the front end of a one and one, I like to two. see it oh oh for two. I mean, I I think State either missed three or four front ends of a one and one. I think at least two. Two in the f- two in the second half. Yeah, I think there was one in the first half also. But okay, I mean. And then you missed a few more, so that's obviously a lot of points. And then we said this earlier, or while before the show started, the team as a whole, besides Braxton Beverly, was three for twenty-one from behind the line, and that's not good at all. Yeah, State had shot thirty-seven percent, or sh- hadn't shot less than thirty-seven percent from three in the last, I want to say, like six or seven games. And then yesterday they go twenty-eight percent. Um, and then obviously the free throws. Chapel Hill was 22 for 26. State was 12 for 17. You know, foul differentials are evil, even, but you look at the free throw differential. Right. And obviously missed free, missed front end of a one-on-one hurts too. So I, all the all that adds up. I mean, we're talking yeah. about all these things that go wrong, and State still is right there. That's what I the yeah, I agree. I mean, you have all these things that seem to not go uh, in State's way just because I think I think I thought Carolina played better than State, and that's why they won a close game. I mean, that's right. that's what we got. It's one of the best games I've ever watched between the two teams. So yeah. Um, I mean, there's yeah. a, it's just 
it's a good loss. It's an encouraging loss. Yeah. Um, it's disappointing that you've lost six times in a row to them. Right. At PNC, but you know it's fine. And moving forward, look, you got another chance at them. Uh, at the uh, at the Dean Smith Center, and then maybe you see him down the road in the ACC tournament. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'll take the I'll take the win in the ACC tournament at any time. Right. Or a win during the regular season. So, um, all that being said, State played pretty poorly and still had a chance to win. I think that's our yeah our summary and had a lot go against it. Um, moving forward, we were looking at the schedule earlier. The next five games are are very winnable. Yeah, you've got Pitt Saturday, at Wake and at Notre Dame next week. Uh, the third week is at Louisville and versus Clemson, and then coming back home against uh, UVA on the 29th. So you've got five winnable games before mighty Virginia comes to town. So and then Virginia Tech right after. Right, and then at Carolina. So you've got. Uh, we can we can call it the easier stretch. Obviously, not easy. The easier, right. and then the much more difficult stretch. So, so you've got five games here. Right, and uh, okay, just two of them at home. Sorry, I cut you off. But five five games here, two of them at home. Wake Forest. Look, Wake Forest always plays state tough. Doesn't matter the sport. I was saying last time my friends, I was like, I hope State can beat them twice this year because they just seem to not just not be able to do it any year. I think maybe last last year they, year did. they did. Yeah. yeah. But Wake Forest always plays state tough. It's obviously an in-state, uh, an in-state rivalry game. So, and then at Notre Dame, at Louisville, at home against Clemson. Oh, we forgot about the Pitt game too. I said Pitt. Oh, you did. Oh, that should that should be a win. Yeah, <laughs> at Notre Dame, at Louisville. I think both of those will be tough. Right. Uh, Notre Dame's dealing with Rex Fluger went down with a torn ACL. He's one of their better players. But Notre Dame will be tough, especially at home. Yeah. And when you have these. I throw Notre Dame, Louisville, Clemson, where you don't really know. Like, they're okay. They're a bubble team. I'd put them in the Miami category, wouldn't you? Right, yeah. Exa- yeah, yeah. And you saw how point. hard that was for State to win, but somehow they pulled it out. So I think yeah. those games will might have the same feel, you know. Notre Dame is probably a step down from Clemson. And okay. uh, Louisville, Louisville would be my guess. Um, well, actually, Clemson's at home, right? It's in Raleigh. Okay, yeah. So Louisville will be a tough one. I put it in that Miami category. They're probably a notch better than Miami. But Louisville, Louisville, that's a 10-11 seed in the NCAA tournament yeah. is my guess. They're right there on the bubble, probably on the good side. So that's going to be a tough one. Notre Dame, that could be, you know, that could be a season salvager, you know. Right. And that's the thing about being number 15 right now. State might drop a spot or two uh, after this loss, but it won't really matter. State's a really good win for these teams, and when you go to when you go to Selection Sunday, you want teams that you can say good win, bad win. NC State is these teams' best chance for right. a good win. The same thing in football. Syracuse, NC State was their best chance at a good win. Same thing for Wake Forest, and so you've got to be ready. You're going to get their A game, yeah. And this it matters more now than in football because you're trying to get into the tournament. There's no tournament in football. Uh, for those teams to get into, but you get what I'm saying? Right. Louisville's going to go into the selection Sunday and say, all right, who did we beat? Did you beat NC State? NC State is the best, I would say, probably their best chance to get a big win. I agree. Because odds of beating Duke and Virginia are pretty slim. Right. Don't know if they play Chapel Hill at home, but State and Chapel Hill are two top 20 teams. Those are signature wins. Then you got Florida State, Virginia Tech, too, obviously. Right. But... 
Um, I don't know. Those those will be big games for them. I want to say there's no easy game in the ACC. No. Obviously. No. We know that from experience. So, Wake Forest at home is probably the closest you're going to get. Yeah, I would say there's a couple home games there where you should really be able to mark those down as wins. I'd probably throw Pitt in that category. Um, yeah. I like I don't the way Pitt played Saturday I watched them play Carolina I guess last Saturday. They seemed to give up on um on themselves really. I think Carolina really ran away with it and I think they, they didn't play super well. They play like Carolina plays, you know, well, good. Yeah. All the time good. And so uh yeah, I don't think Pitt's much to worry about. Obviously you still have to play though. And then you got Georgia Tech down the road at home as well. So, um, State plays Boston College twice, Wake Forest twice, Pittsburgh twice, and Chapel Hill twice. That's a favorable schedule, a very right. favorable schedule. And to me, the the goal should be getting a double bye in the right. ACC tournament. Um, that's finishing top four in the ACC, and you've only got to win three games to win the ACC tournament. Yeah, the double bye, though. Especially with the expansion, I think the ACC's. This is probably one of the better years I've seen. Just with the how Virginia Tech's playing and Florida State's playing, and Clemson was preseason ranked, and Syracuse was. You know, yeah. I don't know where they are now. Probably not. not but still, ranked, the double yeah. buy is a major accomplishment. We know last year finished tied for third, unfortunately, because the tiebreakers got the what the five seed or the six seed. The five seed, yeah. So the double buy is really something to um to strive for because only Duke's won the ACC I tournament playing say. four games. It's only happened once in the history of the ACC. And it was the five seed, Duke. Yeah. And that was the year – wasn't that the year they had Tatum and Harry Giles? Right, they were a really good basketball team that year, and they somehow won all four games. And they seemed to get really tired but not tired enough to lose. So Yeah. So that's got to be the goal Yeah, is winning – is getting in the top four. And it's going to be a dogfight. That's right. Um. So – we th- we talk about the next five games. Yeah. Pitt, Wake, Notre Dame, Louisville, Clemson. In my mind, you got to get four of them. If you want to be serious about the double bye, you got to right. get four of them. If you want to be serious about the double bye, you have to get four of them. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Now at the the bare minimum, I mean, just to stay at a decent spot in the ACC, you have to win three. You have to. You know what I'm saying? Like six, seven, yeah. five, six, seven in the ACC, you have to win three of them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, there's just to me there's a big difference between four and five. Right. And I agree, but it's just one, two, three, four, and then everybody else. Yes. If if you're not number five, I mean, I'd hope you. I hope State's not finishing tenth this year. That would not be good. Right. No. So, you know, because that that's how it sets up in the tournament. Tenth through fifteen play the first day, five through nine the second day, uh, and then one through four start the third day. So right. you want to be in that top four, and I think. Uh, these next four games, next five games, winning four of them would really put you in a good spot to do that. And then looking ahead, after that, UVA, Virginia Tech, Chapel Hill. I mean, that's tough. It is tough. If you want to... You get two at home. I mean, look, if State, if State wins the next five, you're probably going into this next stretch possibly thinking you can com- contend for the regular season title. Right. That would be my guess. You're sitting there at 6-1. and one, You got Virginia coming to your house. Yeah. If you can win that one, okay, you know, then we can talk at 7-1. and one. I don't, that, That's not realistic to me. I think State can absolutely beat Virginia. But then to just run, then you'd have to beat Virginia Tech, Chapel Hill. Then you've got a trip to Duke down the road. It's just tough. you got to – 
The ACC is so tough every right. day. And when you get into conference play, you're playing two quality teams in a matter of three or four days, and then you turn around and play two more in the next three or four days, and it's it's ridiculous. Virginia, I want to say Virginia loses. They lost two games last year, maybe three, and that's that's winning the winning the regular season. So, you know, maybe if 14-4 and four gets it done, that's something State can do. I just don't see this team going 16-2 and two to no. go head-to-head with Virginia. Especially, you know, you still got a road trip to Duke and Florida State further on down the schedule. I mean, that's just – it's just a murderer's row, really. Right. Th- that's three, Virginia, Virginia Tech, and Chapel Hill. That's three top ten games in a row. Yeah. Um, and that's just really tough. But, I don't know, we'll see. I, I'm, I'm with you right there. Focus on the next five. Yes. Get four of them, and then we'll see where we're at. Yeah. That will give you a better idea of the standings, where teams are at. Maybe, you know, one of the tougher games looks more winnable or vice versa um, at that point. So I think State can do I think State can win the next five. I do. Oh, I yeah. Do. Um, but, man, three in a row on the road is – it's a lot. Yeah, it's it, tough. It's tough. So if I had to guess, I'd say State wins four and loses at Louisville. Um, that's, a, that's a safe guess, so. The 24th, what day of the week is that? You've just got to make sure that when you come home to play Virginia, Virginia Tech, and then get ready for Carolina, you don't have the air taken out of the team. Because if, oh, yeah. if you don't get ready for those three in these next five, then you're probably looking at three more straight losses, right? and that'll just kill you. Yeah, so if you can be 5-2 and two going into that stretch, that guarantees that you'll at least be 500 coming out of it. Right. I think it's fair to expect State to win at least one of those. I think so. So, you know, if you can go 4-1 and one and then – one and two, you're still above 500, and you still probably got a pretty good shot at the buy. Yeah, I think 12 and six is probably the target to get a buy. Um, double buy, double buy. Yeah, yeah. excuse me. Uh, and 12 and six. I mean, if you're five and two, you're almost halfway there. Right. With some games to spare. So, um, you know, we'll see. It was a tough loss last night, but. At the end of the day, State didn't play well and still had a chance to win. And that's all you can ask that's for. That's right. Especially if you don't have your A game. And, um, you know, maybe a few of those shots d- go down and it's a different ball game. But, you know, whatever. That's how it goes. Uh, anything else on basketball? Uh, no, not really. I mean, we could talk about it all day, but we're not going to. So. Yeah, you got Pitt on Saturday. Yeah. Talked about them a little bit. It's a rebuilding team. Jeff Capel's doing – they're much better than they were last year. Right. right. They were very bad last year, um, but they've gotten better. And so I don't think they'll be – that was a big road win for State last year. I felt like that may have been a, a turning point. Um, but Pitt was awful last year, and State was able to find a way to win it. Um, so we'll see what happens uh, on Saturday. If we're done with basketball, I, w- I do want to touch on one thing with football here before we wrap it up. Forgot to mention Jacoby Myers going pro. Right. Um, so we'll just finish up with that. I was surprised that it happened so quickly. I thought after he was kind of non-existent in the bowl game, I thought, well, maybe you know, maybe there's a chance he comes back. Um, definitely don't blame him for going. Right. Um, I'm not going to say it's the right choice. I he could have improved his stock, but look, if you want to get paid to play, I can't blame you. He's going to get drafted. Um, you know, good for him. Right, you know, he was a quarterback two years ago. Yeah, and now he set the NC State all-time record for catches in a season. Um, 
yeah, that's pretty much all I got to say on it. Yeah, I mean, we're definitely proud of him. Um, the way he, you know, he was, a, I think he came in, obviously, a quarterback. I think he redshirted as a quarterback. He was he still did. on the practice squad. And then maybe even that first year, he was still on the roster as a quarterback, and then all of a sudden came out, um, turned into an excellent wide receiver, fantastic hands, I mean, in the slot, yeah. just able to catch the ball. Uh, there's definitely going to be an NFL coach out there that sees that and wants that. Mm-hmm. Um, so excited for him, yeah. No, I'm with you. He'll he'll be a fourth, fifth, sixth round pick, something like that. Right. But he's going to make some money in the NFL just That's catching right. catching 50 or 60 passes every year, being a reliable third down guy. Yes. Um. So good for him. Him and Kelvin. That's going to boost uh, your wide receiver recruiting, just like the defensive line did last year. Um. I will say, I I thought after the bowl game, I thought there was a decent chance he came back. Um. And then obviously. <laughs> His mind had been my, made up before the game, right? Which is fine, but uh, um, I thought there was a decent chance he comes back. Now State doesn't have a senior on offense next year, right? We're not going to talk about that now, but um, that's a interesting proposition, I guess. Not having a senior on offense, I don't know if I've ever seen that before. Yeah, they're definitely in for an uphill battle, so yeah. But uh, we'll see. And like you said, young guys are getting experience and you're building for down the road in 2020 or 2021. Those are your target years. <coughs> Anything else? Wow, we talked about a lot. I'm pretty tired. Yeah. yeah. We did it and we, we got it done relatively quickly too. We've had some longer podcasts. So that's just not going to be tough, right? So that'll do it. That's it for me. All right. Sounds good. We'll be back next week with another edition of The Hallow. Thanks for listening to The Howler, a service of PAC-TV. Find out more at go.ncsu.edu slash sports.